The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. show you listen to rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix and living like it matters and what matters to me the chancellor himself is in the studio with me been waiting a long time a long time but it happened finally the man himself jeff taylor is in the studios with me today couldn't wait for it to happen jeff how you doing there my man hey man i'm doing great how's everybody doing out there oh, man i hope they're doing well i hope they're listening of course this is rail of sports if you want to get a chance to call me speak with me speak with uh jeff and also chef julian will be joining us as well from the hall of fame city you can reach us at 888-346-9144 so listen jeff i'm, I'm going right out the gun i'm going to hit it man and try to hit it out the park a lot of great games this weekend. Um, one of them was uh, one of my former teams was here in town. And uh, although I thought that the Eagles certainly would cover, I'm not into the cover part, but I certainly thought they would cover. I really thought that that bird <laughs> would come out victorious. Not that the Cardinal, but the Eagle uh, would come out uh, with a victory. And it didn't happen, but it was a hell of a ball game. It was a good game. Use up every they, they say play sixty minutes. They played sixty minutes. The game is actually on the line with one second left in the game. I would like to think that everybody got their money's everybody got their money's worth uh, going into that game. Uh, what you were expecting to see and what you actually saw was there any shortcomings or did it live up to the billing for you? It lived up to the billing, but as far as the Eagles are concerned, the shortcomings I have for them. They just can't play offense in the, in the red zone. They can't play offense in the red zone. They constantly have to pass. And even in this game, full through it 62 times. Do you, think that's too, do you think that's too many times for him to throw the ball when you have a running back like Shady McCoy in the back? Absolutely. In the back. But you, got, you got Shady there. I think he should have had some more touches. His number's down. There's a few injuries, I think, on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously they're providing a pass protection. But, again, I think they should turn around and hand it off a few more times, be a little bit more creative, get the ball in Shady's hands more than they did. But even with all that being said and done, the game still came down to the last play of the game and the Eagles had the ball in their hands. Oh, that was a great game. So, so, they, so they could have won. Uh, the only thing I'm saying is, you know, when you look at that game, and I understand Chef Julian's on the line with us now, so just hold there, Chef Julian. But when you look at that game, and you look at the Philadelphia Eagles coming into that game, uh, when it was over, did you feel any different about the Philadelphia Eagles and their chances of winning the NFC East than you did when you went into that game? Did anything they do make you change your mind about perhaps maybe thinking 
that they could come out of the East victoriously and, and make it into the playoffs? Or you came out thinking, nah, the Eagles aren't the ones coming out of there? I don't think they're the ones coming out of the East just because on the defensive line, I don't think they can stand up to Dallas running the football right at them. It's the same as what happened when San Francisco ran the football right at them. They wore them down. Uh, I, w- I would like to say that that concerns me a bit. You're right. You make a valid point there. you, you got to be concerned about that, provided that you're going to play against a team that's committed to the run. See, that, that's the only thing about it. Yeah, I'm not sure me. those two teams that you just mentioned are committed to the run. Uh, that Really, that scares me, you know, when you talk about, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, and they got some, they got some good backs in that backfield. Mm-hmm. But I think they rely a lot on, on Cap, you know, and his arm to improvise as well, which adds to the running game. Uh, but I, I, even the San Francisco 49ers, I don't think they turn around and hand the ball off as many times as they should. As they should. Yeah, and so when you think about that, and of course the Dallas Cowboys, and, and we can talk a little bit about that game now, if you will, uh, the Dallas Cowboys last night, you know, when it was crunch time, again, they always want to put their money on the man that they paid the money to. And that's that's Tony Romo. And listen, I think it's one of those things where you can't always blame Tony. But I I was just surprised that they even had Tony back in a position to make a decision because I didn't think he should have come back into the game last night. But certainly when he came back into the game, they decided they were going to pass the ball. And you know, and I think Demarcus, you know, uh, Demary, he ran he, what the first time he did hand it to him, he made like eight or ten yards. I mean, eight yards, seven yards. And that overtime he did. That's exactly right. But 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 then you look at it, and they decide we want to pass the ball. Dallas is that Dallas being Dallas? Is that Dallas counting on Tony? Tony's a man. We're going to ride him because we paid him, or we're going to ride him because we think he can win for us. Monday night they wanted to show out, and that's what happened. They already had Murray at 141 yards. He gains eight yards on that first carry in overtime. Now, you know as well as I do, just keep hitting the defense if they cannot stop it if it's the running game. Why they went to three straight passes, I don't know. But when they were passing the ball 60 mm-hmm. times, 60% to the 40%, that's when we saw all of their 8-8 eight and eight records over the last six years. And, Chef Julian, we're going to pull you in right there. Of course, we're talking about those Dallas Cowboys last night. And, and I want to ask you this question first. I think it's the most important thing because, as you know, everybody's watching America's team and America's man is down on the carpet. And, and it appeared to me that Tony, he was in pain, but he certainly wasn't interested in trying to move not one piece of his body. With that being the case, that this man appeared to be in such harm and danger, do you, did you think that Tony Romo was going to come back into the game after being injured late last night in the game? Uh, no, I did not think that he was going to come back. And when you think about it, it's a, it's his back. That, that's a very, that's a very important part of your body. That's like, if you mess that up, that could mess up your entire whole body. And I think they should have took a precautionary measure. And it's just, it's one game. And I know it's a divisional game. I know it's pivotal, but you have five more of those to win. So I think, they should have just let him sit out and uh, take the whole, uh, the rest of the day off. And, and Jeff, in, in preparation for this show, you and I were talking briefly before we came out, and I think you were maybe of a little different opinion about them putting Tony back in the game. Were you okay with that, or should they have continued to ride the horse they were after Tony was hurt? 
or should they have put Tony back in the game? I'm okay with Tony coming back in the game. The big thing for me is they would they kept running the football, they would have been in good shape. But with Tony in the game, that would have still scared them to possibly not blitz him and think, okay, they may still pass the ball on this, but go ahead and keep handing it off. Well, I, I will say this. I, I think, again, and it, it, it's so interesting because it may be because John spent a lot of time with his brother, uh, he, or maybe he knows his brother, but obviously there were times where the Redskins were showing blitz and never came with a blitz. And, and that, of course, was a little twist that they added. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that happens a lot of times. You're always taught to disguise and make it look like something that is not actually and, and perhaps maybe, you know, trick somebody in or confuse them into making the wrong play call. Uh, but, but certainly when I looked at that, and again, even if you blitz, you're taught even in NFL and in well, the NFL more in college. You're, you're blitzing and on your way to the running back, if he doesn't have the ball, go to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So – a, a, a blitz, some people think blitzes are just to stop the pass. Blitzes are really designed to also stop the run. For me, if it were me, I would like to always pass. I would like to run the ball in a, in a blitzing situation. You know why? Because once you get past the line of scrimmage, there's nobody there's there. Nobody, exactly. If everybody's playing man-to-man, once you get past the line of scrimmage, now it's just a matter of your man can outrun if anybody's going to catch him from behind. You know, and so for me, I, I thought Dallas, what they should have done, I thought they should have run the ball. They should have continued to run the ball. And, and I, I feel like this. I feel like there's too much at stake, just like Chef Julian pointed out. There's too much at stake. Here's a man that you handed the keys to the franchise off to him. And you're talking about less than five minutes. You want to risk the entire franchise for five minutes? And like Chef Julian said, it's one game. And mm-hmm. you're going to play this same team again, I'm pretty sure. And so I'll let you speak to that. Five minutes of a one game, is it worth the franchise? With possibly, because we haven't heard yet. I can guarantee you. And I'm gonna, I'll ask you the second part, of this, but I'll guarantee, let's, let's ask you this first. Answer this first, Jeff. Five minutes. Did you ever think about this is five minutes, and I'm going to risk my entire franchise on five minutes of play? Did you, did you look at it like that? I didn't look at it like that. But, but looking back now, would you think of is five minutes that important to me? Especially, guess what? What could have happened ended up happening. You could lose the game. And that's where the risk is. You've, you've got to go after that, especially with it being a divisional game and then being a conference game. You've got to get as many of those as possible for the tiebreakers that are going to come later in the season. Well, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. You're, you, you are thinking ahead particularly the fact that you're about halfway through the season now, so you're thinking ahead. But I'm, I'm going to say this, too. I'm going to really spend some time on this. Us as fans now, mm-hmm. me in that category as well, knowing what fans ask for in terms of some social responsibility, in terms of letting the people, your fans, know that you're going to be taking care of your players and looking out for your players and their health and welfare. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that from that perspective that the majority of fans were really happy about the fact that, wow, they put Tony back in the game after the he appeared to be pretty hurt, and they know he, has, he had back surgery the last two years? Two times. So when you think about that, do you think those doctors re- – and, and here's the point. that I, This is the point I said I was going to make earlier that I'm going to emphasize. In the press conference, they asked Tony did he take a shot, mm-hmm. and he said yes. When you heard that, when they asked him, did he take a shot? He said yes to put him back in the, in the game. 
What do you think about that decision now to put an injured player back in the game that you've shot up? <sighs> well, if you think about the game over the years, you always heard that comment made that someone's he's 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 a good old pro. Mm-hmm. And that's always been the old I school. I didn't believe he's going to go there. Old go school ahead. mentality. How many players have been shot up? Deion Sanders got shot up when he had that toe issue right before that playoff game. He talked about the painkiller he took then. And there's been painkilling injections that have been taken in the NFL for a long period of time, especially with it not being a head injury. Hey, there's a lot of guys that are playing with a lot of different pains that we just didn't hear about. Someone could be playing with a heck of a shoulder harness because someone's been, you know, been pulled out of his shoulder. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm showing, him, I'm showing uh-huh. him my scar right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And they're getting wrapped up in between in, in between uh, series. And all of a sudden you see him gather around, put the towels around that player. You don't even know what they're adjusting on that guy. I, I want to tell you this, Jeff. I, I'm going to continue to discuss that and go down that path. Because that, that's something that I thought I'd get a different answer from you only because of the fact that they've changed the game so much and saying that, that's, that you're right, that's the way we used to play this game. But now we're going to play this game a little different. And those things we used to do, we're not going to do those anymore. That's the essence and, and, of and, football. And, so, and I know, I know <laughs> you're from old school. I'm with you. But we're going to talk about that a little bit more because I think – a player was put in harm's way, and the game became more important than the person. And I'm not sure I'm so happy with that. So we're going to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I got Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City with me, and the chancellor himself, Jeff Taylor, is in the studio. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. It was the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. The chancellor himself, Jeff Taylor, is in the studio with me here in Phoenix, Arizona. And from the Hall of Fame city, we have Chef Julian. We're going to get right back to, uh, of course, I told you what matters to me, and that is that Jeff is here in the studio with me. But we're going to get back to something else that matters to me. Uh, Jeff, 
called, called me and also himself an old pro. Uh, I'm going to say Chef Julian is new school. He's, he's seen football. He's a little younger than us. But one thing this new generation of people are experiencing is they've seen a little bit of the physical football. But as society has demanded and the league is trying to accommodate a safer football game and to put the person's health in a position of priority instead of winning. In this particular case, I feel like for the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones, Jerry was more concerned about winning than he was with the health of a player. Because I want to say this to you. It's not normal for any human being to, oper- I mean, to conduct himself in any environment of employment where he has to take a shot in order for him to do his job. I understand football is not a normal place of environment. Mm-hmm. But if I've got to take a shot to go do something for only five minutes, I, I really, and, and I know he's making, he's making, he may be making close to a million dollars a minute <laughs> based upon his contract. Yeah. But still, I'm saying for the safety and the health and welfare of that person and for those fans who paid to see Tony play the entire season, they didn't want to risk him because it wasn't going that bad because I'm having a football moment right now, but the young man that stepped in for him did a damn good job, was doing a good yeah, job. Weeden. And so we was doing a good job. So I'm going to ask Chef Julian, based upon what the National Football League, the promise that they've been making, to people who are raising children that some of them now are getting away from the football game and doing other things, and we're trying to convince them to continue to play football. As someone who's a parent and you saw what they did to Tony, you saw Tony laying there, and then Tony acknowledged that in order for him to play, they gave him a shot. Are they holding true to their promise? Chef Julian, what do you think? by listening to what he said about he had to take a shot to go back out there. And then I'm going to let Jeff come and talk about that because I was a little concerned about that because I think the media did. And I don't even, this, this morning they didn't even talk about enough to me on the Big Boy Show. Mm-hmm. That point right there was not emphasized enough. So I want to I deal with that subject right now. Chef Julian, should a young man playing pro football today in a game, not prior to the game, but in the midst of the game, get injured get a shot, and put him back on the football field. What do you think about that, Chef Julian? Um, actually, I, I think that's a little, a little excessive. I mean, if it's, if it's in, the, in the middle or in the beginning of the game, uh, it's their, I think it's their decision if they want to do that. But if it's at the end of the game, I don't think they should take that uh, risk. If, and, but if the game is close, I think it's, it's their decision. That's, I'm going to leave it at that. I think it's their decision. And to be honest, I see that the NFL is uh, making it a safer game. But when you compare it to back back in the day, I feel like it's, it's just a too safe of a game now. And yep. okay, and so some of the some of what we call back in the day, you know, you you playing the ball game, you playing it extremely physical, and you know, you you bring in the pain. Mm-hmm. It's part of a series of things of which you know that these things will factor into deciding who wins and who loses. And there's no doubt in my mind the physicality is right up at the top. But also, back in the day, my good friend Todd Bell, God bless him, 
Vince Skillings, my guess, we always felt the best way to eliminate a threat is to eliminate it, get mm-hmm. it off the field, and then don't bring it, don't let it come back to the field. I'm going to go back and I'm going to ask you, Jeff, I understand old school football. You understand old school football. This is supposed to be new football. And I, I would, and I, if, if Jerry was right there again, I would ask Jerry, and I, well, man, I should try to get him on the show. Lemon, outside the huddle, get Jerry on the show or ask Jerry the question. Jerry, if you're trying to make the game a safer game and you're trying to protect your players, why did you shoot Tony up and put him back on the field? So, Jeff, I want you to defend that old school. If it were your son and he had to take a shot to go back to finish five minutes, would you? I bet you Colt McCoy, McCoy's dad wouldn't have wanted it to happen. We've already experienced what Coach's dad would do. Oh, yeah, know, when he set out that championship game. That championship game. game. We yeah. saw what, you see what I'm saying? We, we've seen that some – that's why you have to take it out of the hands of the player and, and, and you got to let the doctor. So go ahead, Jeff. You're, you're, talk to me. Talk to me. Tell me that you weren't watching that game when Colt McCoy didn't go back in that game and you started questioning his toughness like, man, wait a minute. This is the championship. you got to get back on that field. I didn't question his toughness. You know what I did? Are you Here's serious? What, I'm going to tell you. I didn't. You know what I did? Okay. I did what any person would do in the right mind, thinking the position he was in, and, he, and his dad started thinking for him. His dad's thinking long-term, not short-term. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this to, to the day. Tom McDaniels, Tom McDaniels, who's now coaching in my high school in Camp McKinley, that's, that's Josh's dad, was coaching back in the day a few years ago, maybe about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I came to a game. He had a player on his team that was injured in the – probably one of the top rivalry games, high school games in the country. My high school, Camp McKinnon, was playing Maslin. And he had a kid. Oh, a big game. He had a kid that had been offered a scholarship, full ride to Ohio State, just one of the top players. Got hurt in the Maslin game. Hurt his shoulder or something. He came to me and asked me, Ray, you think I should put him back in the game? And I looked at him and I said, Coach, let me ask you something. Uh, you have somebody, a pretty good kid that you can back him up with? He said, I, he said yes, I do. I said, okay, well, let me say this. I, if that kid's that good, then Che is probably not going to be as good as that kid who is 100% and Che's only 50 or 75%. He's probably going to compromise the team in a time where we don't need it. So put the kid who's 100% in the game and let him play. And so also I was thinking, too, Coach, you know what? This kid's got a future. I said this to him. This kid's got a future. We don't want to be the ones who are responsible for his future not happening because we put him in when he was hurting harm's way. Now, Tony is already at that level. Tony's at that level of pro football. McCoy's dad, he was thinking about his son's future. Get my son out of there. He's, go- he's going someplace else. This game, don't, this is a master championship to y'all, Man. but this is my son's future. I can t- And I will tell you this. As a parent, as a parent. Who, had a, who had a son that played high school football, I can tell you this. Those decisions by those team doctors and those coaches and those owners are not the same decisions as the decisions that would be made by those parents of those football players. When you sit up in the stands as your son on that football field, it's a whole lot different when it's somebody else's son. Now, go ahead, Jeff. Now, let, go ahead. I'm going to hit you with that hey, one. Man, you t- <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I, but, but do you agree that, again, it's the, it, it's, it's I know it's business, but what you've got to do is you've got to stop and think about it. Jerry, you, 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 
First of all, you came down to the sidelines and you delivered the health report to the head yeah, coach. Yeah, that's not good. So, okay. That's an appearance of impropriety. He should not be there during the game. He should not be there or involved in any decisions that are taking place game day-wise on the sidelines. And he even, not if, be there. even if he is the general manager and he's the nope. president and general manager, still, he's not. that's not his position to do that. Correct. So, I, okay, so, so let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you to answer this, Jeff. Then I'm going to come back to you, Chef Julian. It appeared to me, shout out to Najee Good, just got a text from Najee. It appeared to me that, again, the media kind of skirted away from the injection. Should injections still be a way of getting guys back on the field today? Should you be shooting a guy up today and putting him back on the field in today's climate? Should we be doing that? And that that's... That's a yes. With, if he's with that important a player to the team and if it's that important a game, the answer is yes. They should have assisted him with play calling, saying, okay, you know what? You're not going to do any more of those twisting rollouts. And that, no, no, you're going to turn, you're going to hand the ball to, to Murray. You might have one or two passes to Witten, and that's it. We're Are you saying your here. backup can't do that? The Chancellor, I, I'm not buying this answer. I'm okay with Witten in there, but I'm just saying this important a game, and these games are starting to get important as far as. You start to playoff picture, playoff picture, and who you're facing. It's an NFC team. You need that win. I, we've got to get this win and get out of here. 888-346-9144 If you'd like to call, you got to challenge the chancellor on that. I just I mean, don't. They, they are doing this in in today's environment. The fact that teams are doing this is just it, it just surprises the hell out of me. Particularly when a reporter had, and you could tell the reporter was trying to dig deeper, and, and he asked Tony. I don't remember the last time a reporter's ever asked a player, did you take a shot on yeah, camera? it's been a while since I heard that. On camera. It's been a while since I heard that. There, was a, a reason, but there was a reason for him to ask, did you take a shot? Because the shot masks the pain. You can do further injury. They always say that, well, it's already broke. There's nothing else you can do no, no, to no. it. No, no, no. Yeah, you can. You, you can do something else to it. Okay, Chef Julian, I, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot with that because, you know, it's one of those <laughs> things where I think I, 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 beat the, uh, I beat the mess out of my man over here, Jeff, with that question. And I, I don't want to continue to beat you up with that question, too. <laughs> but I, I just, I'm going to give people something to think about. And that is that we've asked for a safer game. We've asked people to keep their kids involved in this sport. And, and we're saying that the best medical you know, providers in the country, if not the world, will be there to make sure your, your children, your young men, your brothers, your uncles, uh, your cousins, your friends, your, you, you know, your heroes uh, are, are kept out of harm's way. And I, I think last night, I, I think that they compromised Tony Romo. But let's give the Washington Redskins a little bit of, you know, kudos. Mm -hmm. Chef Julian, going in, the Washington Redskins against the Dallas Cowboys, did you have the Washington Redskins winning that game, or did you have the Cowboys winning that game last night? I actually had the Cowboys winning because uh, the way DeMarco Murray was playing, I could not go against him. And the way that Tony Romo was playing, uh, actually, I couldn't go against either of them. So I went with uh, the Cowboys winning 35-10. to 10. And there, I think there was a Jason Witten sighting last night, too, wasn't there? Did we see Jason get a touchdown there? He looked, he looked pretty good. I mean, he hadn't been throwing it to him as much. He hadn't been a part of the game. Uh, I, again, Dez showed up big time mm -hmm. last night. I, I think the Cowboys coming out of that game, even though they didn't win, um, 
I don't think they changed much about what I thought about. The Cowboys still are who we thought they were. And and I still think they have a chance in the East. We got about a minute. If you want to, 30 seconds, you want to say something about that, then we will come back. If they don't overcoach and start throwing the football like they did in overtime, you can't give up the games that you gave up because now they got Arizona they're going to face, and that's going to be a very important tiebreaker. And they're overcoaching. In which aspect did you think they overcoached? They were passing the football when they could have been running the football. Especially in overtime. Now, do you think they got is that is that kind of getting away from your game plan? Yes. And 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 pushing the panic button is that? that yeah, that's what got Dallas to where they are now is running the football, area blocking, man blocking, and going straight at their opponent. That's how they won those six games coming in. You heard it for the chancellor himself. We're gonna have to take a break. You listen to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame city and the chancellor. Jeff Taylor are here with me on the show. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, of course, the Chancellor himself. Jeff Taylor's in the studio with me. And, of course, Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City is with us. Uh, Chef, I want to ask you, of course, there were some great games out there. Uh, a lot of points being put up on the scoreboard in the National Football League. That that team with them jailhouse uniforms on had a whole lot of points up on the board. There's just a lot of points being scored. What do you attribute the factor of all these points being put up on the scoreboard in the National Football League? Where is that coming from? We used to have, of course, you say football scores and basketball scores. But we're getting basketball scores in football games. What do you attribute that to when you were watching games this past weekend? I contribute that to lack of focus on defense. I mean, coaches these days are 
you see a, you see a lot more offensive minded coaches than head coaches than you see defensive minded head coaches. I mean, you still have Rex Ryan, but when mm-hmm. when it comes to Rex Ryan, his defense isn't is good, but it keeps giving up points. I mean, they just gave up forty three to Buffalo. Uh, New England put up fifty one, and um, New Orleans put up forty four, and and uh, Pittsburgh also put up fifty one. Uh, it's just a uh, lack of defense. I mean, teams are just not focusing on defense. They're more focused on putting points on the board than not allowing the other team to put points on the board. And, you know, it's interesting you say that yep. because, of course, you know, back in the day, uh, we had a number that we were shooting for each week. We felt that if you could hold the opponents to 17 or less, you could win a football game. I got the chancellor shaking his head. Chancellor, mm-hmm. I want to know from you, all these points – that are being put up on a scoreboard. You attribute that to 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 what? In in your mind, what do you think the reason is? All these points are showing up on the scoreboards. Practice habits. You play exactly how you practice, and since they've gone to these reduced practices in terms of how often they're in uniform, they're reducing how often they're actually doing any hitting. And since they're reducing how much hitting they're doing in the game, people are just a little off. And I still think defenders are still really t- trying to adjust with what hits they can get away with, what hits. Can they do, especially to a defenseless receiver, or if someone's head's on a swivel and it's a running play and you hit them, all of a sudden personal foul calls are being called. All of that is contributing to all this poor defense because you're seeing multiple teams that have great stats Mm -hmm. all of a sudden giving up hundreds of points in two games. You're like, how did that happen? I I, I will say this. I, I will attribute the raise in scores directly with the new rules because as, as you talked about you know making a decision and 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 actually thinking i think there's more yep. thinking chef julian mentioned the fact that there's people out there making mistakes in terms of their coverages and things a lot of times what's happening to players now and you can see it just basically by the angles and then the approach mm-hmm. is okay do i go ahead and hit him or do I go after the ball, or do I try to make the interception? And that, that's a thinking process, a thought process that, you know, before it was on automatic pilot. You didn't think about it. You didn't care. Correct. You were either zeroed in on the hit or you were going for the ball. You were, you were going to make the tackle or you were going for the ball. You weren't worried about how hard you hit him. It was making it, there's a time when you, when you hit, there's a time to hit, and there's a time to tackle. So all you thought about is, Either I'm going to take him out or I'm going to get him on the ground or I'm going to intercept it. You didn't think about your money, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so now, because the fines, not only is the, is the fine taking money out of your pocket, it could get you ejected from the game, you know. And so, you know, when I look at this, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, again, and, and like you, you mentioned, you know, practice too. You play the way you practice. One thing about it in practice, those teams that are able to go full speed, that, you know, it's one of the things that's a philosophy of their defense to fly around. You, you see that. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times when you watch these games, when, when players are making, you know, those yards after catch, it's because people aren't running to the ball. If everybody's running to the ball, you know, you got guys dipping back 10 or 15 yards to come on around the defense, you know, you know go to the other side of the field, reverse the field. I'm like, okay, if the defensive line and the linebackers are pursuing, when he comes back, he's running back into some – tacklers but when they're not running to the ball then then that 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 is going to be a problem i also think in some cases 
you know, you, you've, you've got to give credit to some of these wide receivers. These guys are catching some passes, and they're catching them, you know, in stride, and they got some speed. They, they're, they're, you know, that one thing that you will see about the young man Brown yep. for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Deshaun Jackson, you know, these people show you another gear that maybe the secondary doesn't have. And, 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 and I think that's another thing that's separating some teams from other teams like they say about the SEC, we're not going to go into that right now, but some of these receivers have another gear that when they catch the ball, they, they can accelerate and, 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 they're, and they're gone. And, and maybe in the secondary, the Eagles have already said they don't have that speed in their secondary. And you got to have that. Showed. Are you attributing you, you attribute some of that too to there's some guys who maybe have a little bit more speed. They're paying more attention to the ball. They're catching passes. And then after you catch pass, this is what I'm going to ask you, Jeff. You, re, you remember the old school. Yeah. Don't you remember there was a time where guys were catching balls and falling to the ground, and you're thinking, man, what did they fall down for? Mm-hmm. I don't see them falling down now. Do you yeah. see as many receivers falling down now as they used to five years ago after the catch? Five years ago they were falling down. It started with the greatest show on turf. They used to get, catch 10-yard pass, hit the ground. We got our 10, that's we're that West, here. That's, that's that West Coast offense, see? But they were, they were catching balls in the field, in the flow of things, not to the sidelines. Mm-hmm. But, but even the guys that were catching them into the flow of things, they were catching and falling down. And you're right, the greatest on show Rice. on turf, with the exception of Jerry Rice was doing it too. Jerry was catching those little quick slants, and he was taking them to the distance. He, was run, he wasn't afraid. He was running. There was a while there, a period of time, where guys were catching them, falling to the ground. And I'm thinking to myself, mm. Chef Julian, did you, have you noticed the difference that guys are, again, the run after catch is something that – it's a lot more yards being gained after the catch than it was a few years ago. What, have you noticed that? Uh, yeah, I, I think I've I think I've talked about it a little bit. Um, I see that wide receivers. When you look at smaller wide receivers, they're they're more active and they're more catching the ball and running it after the catch. And then you see. Uh, Bigger wide receivers that just catch the ball and just hit to, hit the ground. I mean, you know, they could they could run over a few of those DBs, and it's just like I think that it's that's that's why I said it. the game to me, the NFL is getting a little soft in these last few years. Oh Very. wow, he 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 said Very. it again. Use that word soft. If you watched uh, Brian uh, Dawkins on the Big Boys Show, don't ever talk about a football player and soft at the same time. That's one of those things you never want that word attached to you. And, and I, could, I could see the difference. I'm not going to go there uh, because I have a tremendous amount of respect for those guys that are playing the game. Uh, there are some guys, even in the past, you know, who played the game, wasn't really trying to bust a great prime time. I'm going to holler out at you, you know. <laughs> you know but, but some guys got paid to hit, you know. And you know what your responsibility You had to cover, too. Don't get me wrong. you got to cover. You're always supposed to make a play on the ball. You're always supposed to, you got to cover your man. No excuses. But but if you you know got it in your heart to take somebody out, that's why we got you on our side. Sometimes you got to send the message. You got, it, it has to be sent, and they got it got to be loud and clear. And that's why these receivers are running through with no fear. And that's and that's where those yards after catch. So I want everybody out there as you watch these games from now, and you understand the fact that the yards after catch. If they statistically they they got it because money balls is now football. Okay, so so they they measuring everything. The analytics are there for everything, and you will see there are people catching balls, running so many yards more than they ever did before. Uh, Chef Julian, we always do this. It's about that time for us to start looking at um, what we have in terms of 
the power rankings. So let's get started with the power rankings here. We're going to have a commercial break here in a, a few minutes. Uh, let's look at the power rankings. I think they've changed a little bit. Number 10, who do we have at number 10 this week there, Chef? We have the Seattle Seahawks. We have the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to turn right to my man. <laughs> the ten? chancellor and you got the seahawks at number 10 and i heard you say 10 yeah so obviously you don't agree with that uh, obviously they were up a lot higher mm -hmm. in, earlier in the year they've dropped down to 10 what do you want to say about the seahawks being at number 10 and obviously you feel that's not where they're going to end up at but nope. why, why are they at 10 in your mind is, is there is that uh, is that much too low because obviously you feel that way, because I just heard you say 10. So defend that. Too low. Too low. They so had, there's not nine teams better than the Seattle Seahawks is what you're saying. No. No. There is adjusting to actually being the hunted instead of being the hunter. Teams coming at them, being that they're the Super Bowl champs, giving them their best effort. Look at the records of the teams they lost to. I would say, but that comes with the territory. Comes with the territory. That, that comes, you know, you know, you know. Coach Hayes used to say it to us, don't let anybody sneak up on you and hit you in the head with a sack of shit. <laughs> we both know that, so, but players so, sometimes... So, 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 Seattle, that shouldn't happen to you. You got, a, you got a big star on your back that says, you're the man. You know, you're the man. You, you, you won it all last year. So, you know everybody, nobody, this should not be a surprise. You got to bring it every week because this is what you, it's what you asked for. You know who they've been missing? They've been missing Chris Clemens. When they run that nickel defense, and they run with the two defensive ends to the left side, being Averill and Bennett. They'll put them to the same side, and that far-off right defensive end was Clemens, who signed with Jacksonville and left. They were getting no pass rush from him. But, but, that, but that is the beauty of free agency. Yes. You know that's going to – you've got to prepare for that. That's a Pete Carroll mistake. But guess what? Well, not, no, let's say the front office mistake. I'm not going to blame just on no, Pete. No, they're going to be fine. Then they're going to be fine. Number 51, Bruce Irvin, who had – Eight sacks the season before they got all these defensive ends. He's actually been sitting on the bench. He was the one that sacked Cam Newton those last two times. He has to round up to speed, and he has rounded up to speed. Watch their defense the rest of the time from here. So you think it's going to improve? Right now, yep. And they're only fifth in the league in defense. Everybody keeps acting like they're like 32nd or 25th. Watch. But they're fifth in the league, and I believe in the Super Bowl game there's only two teams playing. Oh, so, yeah. that, so that fifth position ain't going to help them right now. It, it may not help them throughout the season. You you got to get up there, and you know there comes a point in time, and I, and I believe it's it's this, it's the second half of the season. One thing that's good about the National Football League is, if indeed, you know you just stay competitive in the first half of the season, you make a run in the second half, because really nine games in a season can usually get you into at least, you know, a wild card game. Nine, and that's mm -hmm. all. You don't need to, you know, a couple wild card teams have won the Super Bowl, oh, yeah. so you don't need to win your division. You know, you just need to get a seat to the, you know, ticket to the dance. Mm -hmm. And if they just get there, then they could be okay. So, so uh, the fact that they struggled a little bit, but they remain competitive, they're still in the hunt, even in the NFC, you know, West over here. You know, it's still up for grabs, and they're still in the conversation. They're still the defending champs. So let me just say that. Yes. Let me just say they're still the defending champs. So until they're dethroned. It's theirs. It's it's there for them for the taking. We gotta we gotta take this commercial break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk we're gonna get to those other nine teams that's out there because I'm sure the Chancellor think it's definitely that's gonna be something wrong with that as well. Uh, if uh, once he hears the, the way they fall out. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after this message.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, the chancellor himself took the time out of his day to come in with me in the studio. And so um, I'm, I'm going to enjoy while I have him here. Of course, Chef Julian from the Hall of Fame City is with us. Uh, Chef Julian always uh, takes the time out for us to run through uh, the hit list, if you will, of those teams out there. That's, some of them hitting it out the park. Some of them, uh, you know, just can't believe they're at there. Uh, at the ranking of which they are in those power ranking of the National Football League. And, uh, of course, we just started off with the Super Bowl champions of the world. Seattle Seahawks at number 10, which is uh, hard for, uh, of course, the chancellor to accept. But sometimes we just got to accept it the way it is. So, Chef Julian, number nine is? The Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts just took a beating. Come on, chancellor, they just took a beating. And and for me, you know, sometimes you talk about a bad day at the office. You know, you that that's a real bad day at the office. Is 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 it just one game? Do you just look at that like, oh, that's that's just one game. So it, it, it's a loss. That's all it is. It's one loss. It doesn't show up as five losses. It's ten losses. You know, it does statistically. It does affect the rankings of you know of our defense or our offense. But when it comes to win and losses. It's one loss. Is that the way you look at that, Jeff, or are you going to look at that a little bit different? A little different because they started 0-2. And, and this is one of those games where they can start to separate themselves from being good to great, to threatening for the AFC. And These are one of those signature games and one of those signature teams they need to beat to prove to themselves that they're going to be a threat. And I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing that really uh, sticks out in my mind is that, you know, for a while there, there was some questions about, you know, the stability of that Pittsburgh team the way we know it. And I'm talking about at the top because Mm -hmm. Mike Thomas' team wasn't looking too good. And so for them to beat, you know, one of the teams that, you know, that's in a position where, hey, uh, they're not only, uh, you know, a good team, but this is a team where some people think that, hey, it's time for, uh, you know, Dr. Luck 
to, to get into the Super Bowl championship game. I mean, there's a so I so I I'm I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, whoa, you let the Pittsburgh Steelers beat you like that? They send a message. Luck? They yeah. send a message. And so it's like, hmm, hold on here. So Chef Julian, let me ask you, go ahead and talk about that game a little bit. Was that just a loss? Should they just chalk that up as a loss? Or was that more than a loss and, and time for the Indianapolis Colts to stop and think about some things as well as for other people to say, hold on, now this is a Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't just give up on them halfway through the season. Go ahead, give us your opinion. I think this is one of those games where if you want to point out your weaknesses in your offense and your defenses, this is the game you have to look back on and improve from. I mean, the Colts entered the league with the best third down defense with 26%. And the Steelers came in and converted eight of their thir- of 13 of their third downs. And it's just one of those games where you have to look back and think, look over that game over and over and see what you did wrong and how do you improve that. If they improve on everything they did wrong in that game, they can be a real threat in the NFL. Well, I- I'll tell you this. There's no surprise to anybody how the Pittsburgh Steelers won the game. The only way Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win the game is they're going to rely on that – bad big man big ben and you know even if it's you know even if it's running the ball it's that he's having some effect on the defense with the way he's passing the ball yep. because i think Pittsburgh's a little bit different even though they say you set up the pass with the run i think ben really sets up his run with his passing because that's all that's what he does you know would do and since uh you know the big fellow's been out there Jerome Bettis, i don't think they've really had a real solid Run game. I mean, it's been a long time since, with the exception. Okay, Jeff, you I got like, one. I like Bell. That's there now. I, but, I, but but they but I they don't think they won't commit to it. So you can't tell uh-huh. if they've got it, you know, because with Bettis, Jerome, they was committed to it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna run the ball. Okay, Chef Julian, let's let's go ahead and go down that list real fast because I think we're, our time is not on our side. So let's go ahead. So we're into what number seven or eight. Number eight is San Diego. And San Diego, I, I, San Diego, man, they look their uniforms too pretty. I don't even like spending a whole lot of time <laughs> on San Diego Chargers. I, I, yeah, I just, I don't care who they playing. If it's going, I'm gonna make it a black and blue game, and they too pretty in their uniforms, so they they can't do it. Wow. So, uh, so okay, come on, you got to come with me, Chancellor. San Diego Chargers, did they disappoint you again, or no? You didn't count on them winning that game. They just lost anyway. No, they disappointed. That was their signature game that they were supposed to step up against Denver and didn't. You're talking about. Peyton Manning, as hot as he is, and 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 I know you know you you, you got a, another guy on the other side of the ball, Philip Rivers, who's a damn good quarterback. Mike McCoy used to coach Peyton Manning in Denver. He's that the head coach. Should have had him prepared. He should know. right. Mm-hmm. There's but you know what I'm going to tell you. What there's some things that you can prepare for, and there's other things when you just imagine you got to think about. You know, sometimes great players just make great plays, and you know Peyton right now. That's why my opinion about Peyton is Peyton this year. If you don't win the Super Bowl, you just need to retire because mm-hmm. you don't have anything else to prove. You got to the Super Bowl last year, you didn't win it. Look, look at what, look at this record pace you're on now, and and so you know, and 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 speaking of having that target on their back, just like the people who won the Super Bowl, the San Diego, I mean the Seahawks, got a target on their back. The people who played against them in that Super Bowl have a target on their back. Everybody's saying, well, these guys didn't win the Super Bowl last year, but they went there. And so you got to be ready for them. And so every time, just like the Seahawks, every time Denver shows up, that's Peyton Manning. Everybody's going to bring their best game. 
And so, I, you know, I'm just, when anybody plays Denver and they don't win, I'm not going to make an excuse for them because you knew Peyton was coming to town. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's not like college where two weeks ahead you can start playing. But you know Peyton's, you're going to take a time, spend some extra time on the books, extra time in the film, extra time in the weight room. You're going to do everything you can extra to get ready for Peyton. So anybody who loses the Peyton, I'm not going to make excuses for them. I'm just going to go. Okay, Chef Julian, let's go to number seven. Seven is uh, Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. I, I just really don't know what to say. I mean, that's that bad man who just told everybody to relax. Chef Julian, I remember you spelling the word out last week, so I'm going to come back to you. What happened? You know what? It's hard to it's hard to beat the Saints in that uh, dome. It's really it really is. I it's, I expected them to win. I just I just forgot where they were playing at. I I literally forgot. You only this get three. You only get three. About. You only get three points for a home field. That's all you get is three points. What was this, what was that final score? Something like, like forty four to seventeen or forty four twenty three. That's a lot more than three yeah. points. All you give is three points for a home field. I you know I I really can't say much. I don't know if Aaron had much to say because I didn't really see his comments after the game, but I'm sure it wasn't relaxed this time. Go okay. ahead, go ahead, Jeff. Incomplete teams from a psychological perspective to allow themselves to get beat like this. You didn't see teams in the past that were threatening for championships lose games by three and four touchdowns. You just didn't see it. If we go back to the 99 Rams or we go back to the 2000 Ravens, 2002 Bucks, when they lost – Oh, they lost maybe by about five points or three points or That's seven a great points. Point. That's a great you point. You don't see these teams. The Colts, everyone thinks, Andrew Luck, he's going to be in the Super Bowl. They just got slaughtered in Pittsburgh. Cincinnati Bengals, oh, they're, they're supposed to be this great team. They got slaughtered by the Colts the week before, 27 nothing. I mean, these teams have give up in them instead of dog in them in terms of fight. I, I, I like that. I like that. You can't, you can't just give up. Chef Julian, we got to go fast now because you got two minutes. Hit me, the next one is yeah, number six. That. Number six is Detroit Lions. Uh, Detroit Lions. They should be higher. The Detroit Lions. That's what I'm thinking. They should be a little bit higher. Now, the Detroit Lions, although they're not going to surprise anybody, again, because people have been looking for the Detroit Lions. They got a lot of those pieces. But, again, Megatron, you know. Number one defense in football, and people are overlooking there it. There you go. There you go. I like the Detroit they're Lions. Without them. They're, they're, they're winning without them. That's exactly right. You're right. And so that just tells you something, you know. So let's go on to number Number five is Philadelphia. And Philadelphia Eagles, again, I, you know, I, I, you know, that game with the Arizona Cardinals, again, I like the Arizona. The NFC West is a, is a powerhouse in itself. The fact that the Eagles were able to come in and compete with this team, there is a, you know, you talk about rivalries. This team used to be in the NFC East, the Cardinals, mm-hmm. who were they were in St. Louis. So they know each other. They got history. The Eagles came into the same place and lost the NFC Championship game. The Eagles mm-hmm. came to this game prepared to play. It was a great football game. I didn't lose anything from either one of those two teams. They lost no respect, no positioning in my mind. They played the way we expected. And for the first time this season, we had a game that actually on the last play of the game, one second on the clock, the game could have been decided. So I'm going I'm to give them a pass on that, and, and, and I'm going to say, okay. Let's go to number number four is Dallas. Of course. Okay, I'm going to go to my man right here. Chancellor, any words, closing words for the Dallas Cowboys at no, number four fair. with the fact that Tony Romo could possibly not be ready to play? You still going to keep him there? Yep. Still going to keep the Cowboys there. And they need to run the ball 30 to 40 times this next week. We need to run Arizona. 30 to 40 times. Okay. Yep. Oh, okay, you heard that right there from the Chancellor. Number three. Number three is New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. The Patriots are who we thought they were. Just give Tom, you know, a little bit of, you know, room. And you think 
the chancellor said they should be up a little higher. So the only is is two and one. We know who one is. Who's two? Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so the Arizona Cardinals against Tom Brady. Oh. I'm a, I, who are you going to pick in that game? I take the Patriots. You take the, see that's what I'm saying. See, and the so, Patriots so, are about to face Denver here in two oh, weeks. Oh yeah, so 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 that's the thing about it. Tom Brady really. You you can say everything you want to say about the New England Patriots, but then when it's time to put your money where your mouth is, I think you got to take <laughs> the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So okay, so if the car the Cardinals are number two, the Cardinals are number two. Do you hear that? Now that's not a surprise because this is a team a few years ago was in the Super Bowl. They've still been trying to put a few pieces together. What I what I'm impressed about the Arizona Cardinals, I'm happy for the man too. Larry Fitzgerald had a breakout game. Larry mm-hmm. Fitzgerald's like, don't throw dirt on me yet, man. I'm old, but I ain't dead. And he had, he had a good game. And you see that speed he took off with yeah, on that long touchdown? You see what I'm saying? y'all might want to go ahead and start sending him deep like y'all what, did in the Kurt Warner but, but that, was a, that, was, that wasn't a deep pass. That was a, you know, that was a short, and he took it the distance. But yeah, you know what it was? It, showed, it, it exposed the lack of speed in the Eagles secondary. Yep. Somebody didn't run him down. That Some, and the Brown touchdown. Somebody should have run him down. And of course, we got Mr. Manning sitting there at the top of the list. And we waiting on him. The only thing I, I don't even want to have a discussion about Peyton's team. The only thing with uh, Peyton is just the Super Bowl. I don't care who you playing. It, it's the Super Bowl or go home, become a fan like us, get your you know talk radio show and and have a good time. Hey, I want to thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I was blessed today to have my good friend Chancellor himself, Jeff Taylor, came into the studios. I certainly appreciate it. Of course, we got the number one man out there. He can always tell you what's cooking. That's Jeff Julian from the Hall of Fame City. He'll be back next week. We'll continue to count it down. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.